0: really great to be. I've been really looking forward to coming. Um, I'm quite new to the research academic world um, as such. Um, My PhD started off as as just kind of like a little area of interest that has exploded. So I'm I'm really, really excited to kind of come and talk about it today and to really hear about other people's work and get other people's input. Because like I said, this is all very new to me so my background is i'm a mental health nurse i have worked in um, high secure women's services in rampton and then after that i've worked in sheffield health and social care which is where i work full-time now um, i've worked as a nurse in liaison psychiatry for about four years um, and then i've been on a secondment the last year so i'm currently on a secondment um as a peer support work lead so that is a new role within the organisation. Um, I also have my own lived experience of mental illness, so that is developing the peer support worker roles within the trust, supporting the current workforce, and kind of looking for opportunities to really develop that within our organisation. So that's what I do as my day job. Um, And then I'm also studying part-time at the University of Hull, Where I'm doing my study on um, the newly registered mental health nurses' values throughout transition. So, I'm really hoping to get a bit of a catchier title by the time I finish because it's quite a mouthful, but this is where I'm at at the minute. Um, It is um, in the process, so I'm at the very beginning of a year long study, um, which I want to talk to you about today. Um, I'm really fortunate, so, my PhD supervisor is Jane Ray, so she is overseeing the National Preceptorship. Um, frameworks it's really really amazing to have her as my um supervisor because she's had a really great input um throughout this and has been really supportive um so i wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of how i've got to where i'm at at my study um and kind of what is starting to um, be generated from talking to um students who are about to qualify as newly registered mental health nurses um so the background to this, for me, I've always been really interested in that preceptorship period. So, I mean, I've only been qualified five years now myself, so um, it's something that's still quite close. Um, and when I first started looking at this, um, I just think it's it's a really important kind of time for people. Um, and, you know, in the backdrop of the national context of the nursing vacancies, I wanted to understand more what was happening just for mental health nurses. So um what's been really helpful is the um, 2022 report um 2022 report by health education england um the commitment and growth advancing mental health nursing so that had some really interesting um information in in that in december 2021 um mental health nurse trust had over 11000 vacancies which that accounted for twenty-eight percent of our nursing vacancies in the UK, which when you look at that proportionately is is quite disproportionate. It's a huge kind of vacancy rate. And above all, um it had it's got mental health nursing has the highest kind of lever rate um that since 2017. So it seemed really important to kind of understand this. And what was documented in this um uh, this um article was around the real importance of nurturing our newly registered nurses and supporting them during that transition period. And looking at that at a broader sense, it's been a really key part of our um, NHS nursing plan as well, is how we support newly registered nurses. So this has always been kind of an interest, and this then started to be supported by evidence. So I was really clear that I I wanted to explore this area for mental health nurses, but wasn't really sure how. So then I started to look at another area of interest um, that has always been, again, this is something I think we talk about a lot, is values. So when I I was a student, and I know um, as a module, I teach on sometimes now, and there's a huge component Um, where we talk about nursing values, and then every organisation we work in um, talks about trust values, um, and then we have obviously wider NHS values, and we have values-based recruitment. So we talk about it a lot, and it seems really important, but I wanted to really explore that a bit more as well, Um, because obviously we have our NHS values, but again, I wanted to look at that at a more personal level to mental health nursing. Um, and kind of myself understand the background to that as well. So the Mental Health Competency Framework that came out in 2020 um, looked at values a lot and it had values as like a really integral part for every kind of level of of mental health nursing as you progress career Um, so again it was highlighted as being really important to mental health nurses and also for us to understand the values of the service users so to be looking at someone's values we really need to understand what that means Um, and newly registered nurses entering the profession needs to understand kind of what that really means Um, so then again I went a bit further back to, to think about the beginning and origins of these values. So I came across um, the 10 Essential Shared Capabilities, which I know we've probably all heard a lot about, which was published in 2004. And from that point, um, it spoke a lot about values um, and values within mental health nursing specifically, and how it's important for the mental health nurse to emphasize values in practice, um, particularly when working with people with mental illness. so that made me think about again this in the context values in the context of newly registered mental health nurses. So our newly registered mental health nurses obviously have the wider professional values and then mental health nursing values. So obviously we have our wider healthcare profession values and we work within those national frameworks. Um, so to be able to work within our national frameworks, it's really important that people entering the profession understand those professional values and are able to keep them in practice. And also, um, I started to think about our personal values as well. And I think in mental health nursing, um, and what I found from speaking to people is there's something really, really important about our personal values, and sometimes the conflict that that some of our practice has historically brought. Um, And we talk a lot, don't we, about the therapeutic use of self. And again, if we're truly doing that, we need as mental health nurses to be supported to work towards our values. and also when building our relationship with service users as well. So I kind of knew that Values was in there as well, somewhere for me and um, within this piece of research. So then I kind of uh, popped back for a minute and went back to the newly registered nurses um, because I really wanted to understand that process and um, because we know it's a process, we've seen it, we've been through it, um, but I wanted to kind of again, get that background um, to that process. So. Obviously we have the preceptorship period, um, but that is part of a transitional period. Um, And I wanted to kind of really understand the meaning of the transitional period in itself. Um, So Dukeshire, I've put the references at the end, did um, a lot of work around the transformation transformation process for newly registered nurses and the transitional period. Um, And what he said was that obviously, Nurses go through that process of doing, being, and knowing, um, which is really key, and it's kind of in a cycle, so it just goes round and round, um, and kind of that for newly registered nurses translates to um, from when the newly registered nurse completes education um, to when they become a fully competent, accountable practitioner. Um, so Dukesha um, and Benner created these transitional theories of nursing um, based on an original work in 1974 by an american person called kramer who looked at why nurses leave nursing and what this study found um, was that nurses really struggled when student nurses went into practice they really felt that they were unprepared for some of the things that they face and there was a huge kind of conflict between what happens um in the training in their education and what happened in clinical practice So these are what kind of the transitional um, models and, and theories for nursing were developed from this information. Um, And Benna and Dutcher looked at kind of theories of skill acquisition, um, which were really, really interesting. And it looked at kind of roles and responsibilities for people when they first qualify um, and knowledge and expectations of student nurses. And what this um, research found was that it was a huge shock for newly registered nurses and they had this still what they called referred to as the transition shock um and it was not just like a, a, a actual it was a very emotive process for nurses um, and it was a huge kind of moment in their life and um, so it, it felt again that it just again highlighted this is a really important process and it's really pivotal for us to understand how we support our newly registered mental health nurses to um be able to kind of flourish in that environment and what might impact that so um this kind of set me off on my literature review because I really wanted to understand what was out there for newly registered mental health nurses specifically. So I started my literature review um, and I was quite surprised um, by this process to be honest because I I was hoping um, that there would be more than I found. So um, I tried to obviously look for newly registered mental health nurses um, solely so initially when i searched that there the did come up over 300 results and um, there was a lot of duplicated articles across databases which got me down to 172 articles then to 144 and then down to 35 so i excluded um all the articles excluded were ones which you couldn't apply to mental health nurse settings so that would be if it applied solely to child branch or adult branch but had some mental health element to it but wasn't applicable to mental health nurses or that environment and also um i w- needed to find um studies that did include um the f- within the first 24 months of qualifying um and not just a student nurse process the whole process um So that actually took me down to 13 papers that I found. So, um, because a lot of the articles um, kind of included things that that wouldn't be helpful. So it was looking at general wards, or it was looking at NHS um, really specific organisational interventions, um, which wouldn't be applicable to the wider setting or to newly registered mental health nurses. There was quite a lot of research actually on pre-registration programmes, and there was some research on values in pre-registration programmes, but there was nothing kind of looking at that transitional period and a lot of the papers that i found were looking at specific mental health conditions rather than this experience so after all that i was i was left with um 13 papers that i could use for my literature review Um, but what i did find was there's a lot of research and there's so much evidence on the transitional period for newly registered nurses Um, but the majority was based on adult branches of nursing there was um, some which included mental health nurses but a lot of it was around their perspective alongside other perspectives and i think there's something really unique about the experience of mental health nurses that i wanted to understand and also obviously keeping that kind of interest in values. When I looked at that, that there's not really very much at all on the values of mental health nurses during the transition period. Um, So I really wanted to understand that. There was a really fantastic study actually, a longitudinal study, looking at student mental health nurses values, um, but then it just kind of stopped at the end of that journey. So I was really intrigued kind of to know a little bit more around what happens after that as well. So all this brought me to my aim of my research so I really want to answer these following questions so what are the experiences of newly registered mental health nurses during transition and how does this transition impact newly registered mental health nurses values so I kind of needed to think about how I wanted to do this um, and how I was going to collect the the data and straight away it was really clear to me that I needed to take a longitudinal approach because I'm trying to understand that experience and I couldn't ex- understand that experience if I was just doing it at one point in time. I really wanted to capture various parts of um, the participants' journeys and I really wanted to kind of understand what, what was going on and to meet my study aim, I did really need to do a longitudinal study. Um, so then I really thought about how I wanted to do it and initially i was absolutely 100 percent sure i was going to obviously do a qualitative um research study because i really wanted to understand that experience and i think the only way we can understand um that experience is really having those meaningful conversations with people um especially if you're doing it over a period i think it's, it's a real privilege to kind of follow somebody over that that year so Absolutely, I was, I was really focused on initially doing a qualitative study. So this has now um, changed slightly, and I'll talk to you kind of around, around the process and why I've done that in a minute. Um, but I'm doing now doing a longitudinal mixed methods approach. It's very much qualitative um, driven, but there is a quantitative element to it, which I'll talk about uh, in the next slide. But keeping into the qualitative part of it, um, I really wanted to, like I say, understand those lived experiences. Um, And I really thought that uh, once I looked at all the different approaches, an IPA approach um, was something that I really wanted to do. So the reason why I picked IPA um, was that I really wanted to understand the experience of that person um and it really is because we talk about you know when i was reading about this it talked about a moment of significance or an experience of significance for people to reflect on and i really think that this period for, for all of us when we qualified and all of us for that journey was a real moment of significance and i think in people's lives and i think it is you know you couldn't class it as anything else and th- using this approach has um kind of allowed me to really start to like kind of share people are sharing as they're making sense of that experience and what it means to them and like i'm hearing their accounts and stories of what they're going through at the moment so that's um the approach i picked for the qualitative element it really seemed to fit um, with those kind of experiences that newly registered nurses go through um and it like it's it was a time through the it's been an absolute privilege already to speak to people as they're finishing their studies and you really are kind of hearing what they're they're really reflecting on it and thinking about what that means to them and how that feels for them um and it's a key part of that's kind of a real key part of the process so that is the is the key element and key approach i've taken the quantitative element, you can't see that. I'm really sorry. It was really hard to find an image of this scale, but I have put it in the reference, um, so there'll be, there's a much clearer kind of um, focus on it. So the quantitative element, so the reason I picked to add this to it was because I found this nursing professional value scale, and I wanted it to kind of bring a bit of value to the qualitative element of my research. So this is um, a scale that was developed in America um, by ways and shank and it is a nursing professional value scale it's a 28 point scale um, and it looks at 28 different values it's a Likert scale um, and people kind of measure where they're at on that at a given time so this scale um, i obviously needed to think about would it be applicable to the uk and would it be applicable to mental health nurses and there is actually already um quite a lot of paper well not a lot at all but a few papers out there about how it's been transferred to various places so it has been transferred to uk values before and it has been transferred to various um values um, in other parts of the world for nursing studies before so i did align it and then i broke it all down to the american um nursing values and the uk nursing values and kind of transfer across and the majority of it did transfer directly so it, it was something that that was felt you know it was valid to use for this study um, and obviously for mental health nurses as well so i wanted to bring um these two things together so i'm going to come to shortly about how i've how i've brought them together because i'm using them concurrently and i'm not bringing them together until the end of the study So each of my, so I've started recruitment now and and, and I'm in the process of recruiting. So I've done about nine interviews so far. Um, So each of the participants that I'm speaking to um, are asked to, which is a big ask, (laughs) to participate in four IPA interviews at four separate points. So they have been asked to take part at the point of the final year, so when they're in their final year of their mental health nursing training at point of qualification and then at three and six months after that. Um, so I'm kind of following them through that journey. And at the same time, they're also given the nursing professional value scale to complete, um, which, like I say, is quite a simple scale. Um, and then I'm going to uh, align them, them together and see kind of if there's any commonalities between them. So... So far, that's kind of how I'm recruiting. And there's two overarching themes. So when I'm talking to people, the the element of my study that's looking at what kind of the, the the journey is for mental health nurses is being a mental health nurse and influential factors during the transitional period and actually having these really open conversations a lot of things have come organically particularly around values obviously we have steered towards that if needed but it's actually it's, i say it's been a semi-structured but i'd say less than semi-structured interviews um, they've just been really relaxed really conversations that have been slightly guided so that's um, kind of the approach I've taken. So just touching on um, how I've recruited. So I've, I've had a big learning from this process. Um, I, I was probably a bit naive going into this recruitment process. So I was recruiting final a mental health nursing students. Um, at the point of when they're finishing their studies so when I started to do it um, I wanted to catch people like in their last month of their nursing training um, this in hindsight wasn't very successful because people are at the point of starting their new job completing extra hours submitting it like you know submitting all their final work getting their pins starting their new job so it was really really difficult I, I really struggled with recruitment um, I got like two participants um so i needed to kind of revisit that and amend my um ethics approval and what i then decided to do was look at what is happening for students um during the year and when would be the best time to recruit so i then started to recruit students at the point of when they're going on their final placement or just before they're going on their final placement and it has fortunately few started to have a lot more um, success and actually what it's brought out is a whole world of other discussion and information which i don't quite know how i'm how i'm going to bring that in yet but it's brought a lot of really rich data as well from this kind of period and and anxieties and and concerns that that people have which I'll, i'll come to in a minute um a bit of a summary of, of what's happened so far so this is so i from a number of um heis so um Hull, obviously that's that's where i am and that's a teach um sheffield hallam um thanks jim manchester Met, um and a few other um lincoln and york are all places at the so far where i've started to get participants from um which again has been really great because initially i was just focusing on one um hei and, and there's such a difference in in kind of what's coming out of different places so just touching on um the generated themes so far um so i'm using mvivo and manual thematic analysis now this it, I'm I'm still learning, so I need to revisit this a lot. So this is something that I'm still working on as well, this analysis so far. Um, And also after each interview, I'm taking some notes on non-verbal aspects of that. Um, And sometimes that's been difficult because some of the interviews have been over Teams, but when they haven't, it's actually been really helpful as well. So there's three themes um, that that have started to kind of come out of the the work so far that I've been able to identify. and it's 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 been really interesting, it's been really emotive for people talking about this. Um, and it's been a real privilege to listen to it. Um, so people are talking about their journey from when they've... Um, so at the point most of my participants at now, they're, they're going on their final placement or started their final placement. So the first thing that's come out is team culture and attitude. So um, these are quotes that, that people have said participants have said and and what the first person um, it, it was a really kind of fascinating experience they they've got a real passion for working in older adults and they spoke all the way through about this passion of working with older adults and then they said oh but my plate, my, my job's in home treatment adult team and it was purely based it's an area this this participant did not want to work in I had no interest particularly but had picked it because of the team and because they felt supported um and then the other thing was there was so much around kind of people observing arguments and um, disputes and how we're talking to each other as practitioners and how we speak to each other and, and people are picking their careers based on that, which which is, yeah, it's, it's it's quite difficult to hear. And I think we've got a lot to think about with that. Um, the second thing that's come up a lot is learning needs. And I wonder if this correlates with the pandemic. A lot of students are saying that they did the simulator placements, so simulator placements. so they kind of feel like they've missed a lot of clinical work and clinical skills from actual placement and that that was a big thing for them also with the skills changes to more generic skills they feel really concerned that they're not able to meet this so where they're picking as placements and where they're picking as their final career this is really key to them that they're going to feel they get their learning needs met and um, because they do feel like there's a huge gap in their knowledge that they feel they may be at a disadvantage because of the pandemic because all my participants started their training in the pandemics they've had a really rough time and then the final one was um they found a lot of barriers to values-based practice. So they talked a lot about their values. When I gave them the value scale, they marked everything with strongly agree, strongly agree, strongly agree. But actually they then spoke about some of the conflict in being able to bring that into practice. And it'd be interesting, I think, to follow that as people go along. So for me, obviously I'm continuing the recruitment um, over the next few months. I would need a few more participants. I'm really hopeful to get them. And then we'll be followed throughout the whole year, um, and the study will continue until all the interviews are completed, um, unless people have withdrawn from the study. And then we're going to continue to look at the interviews and the scales. And then I'm not going to use the scales with the participants to the final interview, and then I'm going to pick the top three disparities and kind of understand from them um, what they are. Um, I'm really hoping to be able to produce something out of this that looks at how we get that period better and how we support our mental health nurses better through this period. Um, but like I say, there's still a lot of way to go, a lot of learning for me as well about this process. Um, but that is where I am at the moment with it. Thank you. I think this is a fascinating story. I've talked about this for
1: a long time. <laughs> but um, I'm going to open up the uh, the floor to the students. Adam? Yeah, oh. I've got two questions. One, uh, once you, one you've done your searches and you drew the 13 papers, I'm just wondering where the uh, where the research was undertaken. Was
2: it all UK based, or it?
0: <laughs> so, um, they weren't all UK based. Now, the majority were. Um, because the diff problem was there the were other mental health nursing ones but because the training's so different in america um, and other areas it, it didn't really apply so on the initial search loads came out um, but my my final papers too were weren't from the uk cool, <laughs> and
1: then my second question sorry that's don't, don't the, on. On. <laughs> the second question <laughs> is um, the demographics of your participants so uh, what i'm thinking is male female and um, around the particular UConn, they have a large uh, African
0: population of students, so i what are so the demographics So obviously I've only got nine, but I can tell you them. Um, so um, five are white, I think British, I've not collected it, so I don't want to make assumptions, but five white, four um, Afro-Caribbean African communities and one um, is an international student
2: Oh sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but ca- I have I, I, I to manage it. we go to Carmel and then back to you Peggy and then
1: Michael, is that alright? <laughs> yeah, thank you though, it was really, really interesting and, and
2: I think you might find when I do my presentation there's a lot of crossover.
0: Ah, um, but I was just interested, on the first slide you talked about levers, so people leaving. Mm-hmm.
1: as you were Um where, did they, where does that data come from? Is it people that are registered or that are still registered or have actually <coughs> left the register? Else
0: I don't know. I don't know. I need to look. No. I feel like I was going to answer naturally saying I think it comes from the NMC, but I, I don't know that is the answer. Yeah. Because I know in the national one it was said 6,000 nurses left within the first three years of qualifying, so I assume that's people who've left, but it is an assumption. I don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was worded, but I, I don't know how they've got it. Yeah. You know, people go
1: abroad. I did. first collect post destination data and then follow it up to so maybe the part of the um, data captures. Yeah. Because the NFC potentially would have a three year lag, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because if you then if you kind of wait for this is not for me at yeah. left, then it wouldn't be until the point of your re registration necessarily yeah. or maybe or maybe no annually wouldn't it? Because they'd be asking for uh, your your annual money, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be the tax place, wouldn't it? Yeah. You That's can do you where. can do a
0: Freedom of Information Act to get destination abuses oh thank you okay. yeah i so, think um, i think peggy was next. hi peggy
1: i think it was more a comment just to add on uh, um Adam's. Adam's. <laughs> because i had a question it was more yeah. demographic as well yeah so i think when i was reading your findings so mm-hmm. far um it's already very interesting in terms of what to be coming up and i uh, was thinking about the age range Mm-hmm. You no, know, um probably it's going from as well uh, your findings so mature students are very trusted, you know. So I was thinking about ethnicity. Yeah. Um because when we talk about values, um, and differences. So um this is something as well. I'm glad to say that I'm part of your participants. Um we have that kind of diversity as well, which I think is very
0: important. Yeah, it's been really interesting as well, and uh, not in in a good way to be honest and Cause I've done a few kind of conversations with groups um, and I think there is a disparity um, when you're looking at people's ethnicity and the experience they've had in wards. Um, and people are saying they feel they've they've been treated differently and their experiences have been different, um, which is obviously if it's here, but it's something that is coming out as well. So in all honesty, I hadn't really thought that much about that when I went into my recruitment. It kind of happened on its own, um, the, the diversity, but it's been really important and it's something kind of I really need to now look at and make sure I continue with the rest of recruitment because there are different themes coming up as well. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Michael. So my, my question, well, first of all, I want to say, it sounds like a great story, Thank you. so you know that a few of us are writing around mental health identity here in and other areas, and part of us are part of the, some of us are part of the Mental Health Deserves Better uh, movement, which is looking at mental health nurse curriculum, and how does that prepare nurses, uh, mental health nurses in particular, to work uh, in mental health nurse roles? And some of my some of the things that you were saying there quite resonated with me. So um, one of them was around transition shock. The other one was around values and things like that. Quite interested in first of all, if we're seeing an increase in attrition from nursing, mental health nursing, people who are relatively newly qualified, how much of that is mental health nurse curricula? not supporting or preparing the nurses effectively to work within uh, the mental health
0: nursing role. Well. So at the moment there has been a difference in responses between because some of the people because obviously there's different HEIs I've spoken to and there's some people so for example York University all follow the generic curriculum the whole way through pretty much and there's other unis that do really specific obviously mental health nursing curriculum at the moment still the answers about people's experience and how prepared people feel have been really different um, and that's even not taking my study apart when I've been recruiting from universities just hearing people's experiences the people who have followed a very generic course have had a very different experience and felt less prepared than people who have been supported m- more solely in a mental health nursing focused way
2: so this excites me because this is actually real um research that sort of supports what we've been saying all along. The other thing that I just wanted to ask is that those people who are qualified, obviously Health Education England have said, Martin said, oh, they, they really value mental health nursing, but their focus tends to be more on post-reg stuff rather mm-hmm. than pre-reg. How do we bridge that gap? Any thoughts?
0: what, 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 um <laughs> I think it's a really important question. Don't know the answer, but what, what I <laughs> have observed <laughs> um, is that um, pre-reg nursing, mental health nursing students, there, there's something, and I don't know if this really answers your question or I've gone a bit tangential because I haven't got a clue. But what um, a lot of pre-reg nursing students are talking about um, is the, the lack of kind of bridge we have got bridges between and this is even during their final placements moving into their career between education their educational setting and their placement provider um and that has been a really really difficult experience and and it's kind of that they've spoken about that experience but regarding kind of any other spot i don't i don't
2: yeah i was going to ask a similar thing about mh deserves better Uh, but after that question i kind of thought because i went to the last nmc council meeting uh, and raise the letter that have been sent to them uh, because they've, just, they've not replied to it yet. Uh, and I'm going to the next council meeting on Wednesday where I'll ask again where the reply is. Uh, but I'm thinking that I'll also highlight the research that you're doing and say that the NMC need to take an interest in it because I think there is that real kind of connection to what is actually happening in the workplace and what they think is happening uh, and sort of the anxieties about whether the NMC are taking this issue seriously or not. and I think what's helpful is that research going on in it you know means that there's, there's that, that extra kind of uh, educational way behind it. so that's really helpful.
0: And what's come up a lot as well if this does help as well is, is, and this has come up with nearly everybody, um, even the people who do specific placement kind of mental health specific training is these changing competencies. Um, it's had a huge detrimental impact on, on people and their kind of confidence in going into the workplace. So happy to share kind of any of that. Like I say, it's a work in progress, but as it's coming along, see. So
2: are
1: you hearing that students are more concerned about their proficiencies and getting laws signed off than anything else? Is that, is that what you're hearing from?
0: Yeah, and again, that depends really, trust specific where people are, because what they're finding is in some places they're going on placements and, and nobody in their placement knows how to cannulate, how to do this, how to do that. So they're like, well, I'm ha- uh, yeah, it's. Signed
1: off for something where
0: you can just on work. Yeah, yeah, well, none of us, yeah, and, and it, we all know, don't we? I don't know how to that. People are coming in placement and asking for that to be signed off, so it's a huge, huge issue. And people are like, when are we ever going to do it as well? When are we ever going to need to do that? Um, and, and a lot of people are saying that. <laughs>
1: Don't you think we have got two issues in there, really? One is um, what we—I think that think—we've got to be aware of our the students being coming into practice being properly prepared. So what most of us are doing is creating a workaround. around. You know, so whilst we know that we've got to create, we've got to sort of generate time for um, potential skills that are going to be washed out. We then have to find the time to work around. Because I think we've got to hit a balance between, you know, our the uh, the proper preparation of students to enable them to be nurses and then because that reflects back on us doesn't it you know in a sense in what we do but also to recognize our work around because i think we've been doing i think you know a lot of the the the, the simulation in the last couple of years has been extraordinary isn't it? you know that i i look at our simulation work now and it's so much more sophisticated um, than than it might have been in the past and it actually reflects much tighter what's happening in practice because there's often you know a lot of clinicians who are delivering it or public clinicians so I think we, um, and also COVID, you know, we've got to remember the last two years it's been a, it's been a real, really complex time for these students, mm-hmm. hasn't it, they've been turned up and they've, they've been working within a vacuum and we've been working in a vacuum where they've also been on placement and we, and they you know, all those accidental conversations we we normally have in a classroom, are lost on Zoom and all of the placement support that we would have done to create workarounds are lost because of Zoom. And I think that um, I think students are still entering practice um, you know with a with a, a good level of safety around their thinking. But I want to go back to your main point about values, you know, that that if their stone of life is strong, if we've created a good value based um, programme then that'll make them uh, you know it should enable them through transition, isn't it? Because my comment to students at the moment is what kind of staff nurse do you want to be? Yeah. And that equals what kind of value base do you want to take into your work? You know, so so I get the I get all the attention around, and I write about the letter and I rightly I rightly um, think that we we people are standing up and going, Oh you know, you need to you need to pay attention to this and you also need to pay attention, I think, to what our fixes because I think we will be fixing it, which is what nurses do all the time, frustratingly and rightly, but constantly fixing stuff coming we so we need proper proper recognition for the workarounds that we've done. To enable our practitioners
0: actually to be, do you know what I mean? I thought, yeah, yeah,
1: I no, I but what? Really long yeah. The point, but you know the. So I. So my sense is that that stone of life, those values are absolutely fundamentally <laughs> important to what we do for a living and they, And actually, and then, yeah, sorry. We've sorry. Met them in, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have got them right, but what we're doing is we're being distracted by teaching skills that get what's found.
0: But what's coming out there is these students are having this. They've got a great set of values, beautiful. Right. really beautiful set of values. But then what happens? Because that's not what people are then telling us a bit later down the line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I beg your pardon. Um, No, that wasn't a question. Actually, it was just to thank you for your presentation. And I'm uh, not a nurse, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm an approved mental health professional with a social work background. And I was thinking about research and just how useful your study sounds, and I think it could maybe be translated into some things like following. from their training
0: and supported placements to then actually what happens because there's really
1: similar issues in our in practice where recruitment and retention are really difficult. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to comment that that was really inspiring. Things.